0: This is Emily Primo with the latest installment of Fraud Talk, the ACFE's monthly podcast. I'm here with Janelle West to discuss an investigation in which she and her team discovered tax dollar misuse in a county's animal control department. The investigation was sparked by questions posed by citizens and local media after a suspicious dog shooting by animal control. Thank you so much for joining us, Janelle. Thank you for having me, Emily. Why did you first decide to pursue this case? We had actually received a
1: request for proposal from the county, and uh, after we evaluated the proposal, we thought that we would be able to do a very good job for the county. My colleague, Bill, is a retired FBI agent, so he has a very good understanding of the processes and procedures that are in place at a law enforcement level, while he's we're also both forensic accountants, so I we thought we would be able to do a very good job for the county and for the taxpayers.
0: Okay, great. So, basically, the, the county discovered through a completely un, unrelated event, through a dog shooting, that there was possible embezzlement happening, is this correct?
1: correct? That is correct.
0: Okay, so... I know that the county decided to do an in-house analysis before you guys joined on. Can you tell me a little bit about what that in-house analysis revealed? Sure.
1: Originally, as you're aware and as you just mentioned, there was an incident involving a dog being shot by a local animal control officer. Approximately one year before we started our engagement, As a result of that incident, there was a lot of local media attention, and people started asking questions as to why they were paying the millage for the animal control fund. Um, With regards to size of the annual revenues, they were raising about $300,000 a year in a county that had a population of roughly 30,000 residents, so it was a fairly substantial millage. Originally, they turned it over to the state's attorney general to look to see if there was any criminal activity. Uh, He determined that there was no criminal activity. However, the residents were still concerned about the use of the millage funds. Accordingly, we were brought in to determine if the funds were being used in accordance uh, with the intent of the taxpayers.
0: What role do you think the media played in this case? Do you think that this would have been caught or this would have been looked into had the media not been so interested in the original dog shooting?
1: I believe that this case um, received a tremendous amount of media coverage in its area. Uh, I was able to follow stories for several years um, pertaining to the actions conducted by the Animal Control Department um, going back uh, at least to 2010 at this point. And I believe that the media uh, did a very good job of bringing to light the concerns about the propriety of the financial transactions and following those stories as they developed, especially at the Board of Commissioners' meetings.
0: When you joined the investigation, where did you begin?
1: We began by obtaining a copy of the general ledger for the animal control fund. It was all those transactions were maintained in a separate fund within the general ledger, and we decided to examine all the transactions valued at over $50 to determine if they were properly applied to the animal control fund and if the animal control office truly benefited from those expenditures.
0: Okay, so for someone who is unfamiliar with that type of examination, what exactly do you look for when you pull the ledger when you're looking for the fraud?
1: Sure. So what we did is the animal control fund is in many ways similar to any other business. It's going to incur both direct costs and indirect costs. So, for example, in an animal control fund, examples of direct costs could be medical care for the animals, dog food, cat litter, etc. And just like any other business, there's going to be a fair amount of indirect costs that don't directly benefit the animals. Uh, for example, IT support, um, gasoline used to go pick up the animals, uh, the cost of the vehicles used by animal control. And so when we obtained the general ledger, and copies of the supporting invoices that backed up the transactions, we looked at them and said, can we see the animals benefiting from these expenditures either directly or indirectly? And if it was indirect support, what we then did was say, is the amount that the animal control fund being charged, is that reasonable and appropriate given the underlying facts and circumstances?
0: Okay. Okay. And what exactly did you find when you started digging deeper into the case?
1: When we started to examine the financial transactions, we found many items where the costs allocated to animal control appeared to be very aggressive. For example, there was one instance where during the course of the year roughly $5,000 worth of ammunition was purchased by the entire Sheriff's Department, however, roughly 40% of that was applied to animal control. Only 10% of the deputies for the entire Sheriff's Department worked in animal control. So in our opinion, that was a very aggressive allocation.
0: When looking at documentation, did you find that there were any instances where they had failed to document things or had provided less documentation than they should have? We
1: did find numerous examples of that. In general, when we examined the supporting documentation, we regularly could not tell um, how and why costs were allocated between different departments. Frequently, it seemed to be 25%, one for each of the departments within the sheriff's division. In other instances, it seemed to be very haphazard the amounts used were not consistent, nor was there any explanation.
0: Okay, were there any other red flags besides that one expenditure that was allocated seemingly inappropriately?
1: There's actually numerous examples. For example, there was one instance where they had actually sent a deputy to anti-terrorism training, and the animal control department For a portion of that cost.
0: From your understanding, was there any oversight for these allocations? For example, who was supposed to be catching these things and who who signed off on them?
1: How the process typically worked is that a member of the sheriff's department was responsible, typically the sheriff or the undersheriff, for... Um, reviewing and approving the expenses and also the allocation between various divisions within the sheriff's department. They were then supposed to take the approved expenditures over to the general accounting office um, for posting into the general ledger and for payment. During the course of the investigation, we were told that the head of the former general accounting office was actually married to a member of the sheriff's department department. We were also told that members of the Board of Commissioners were responsible for reviewing and approving the purchases. However, the documentation that they received merely had general ledger accounting numbers on them rather than an explanation of what funds the purchases were actually being applied to.
0: Okay. That's really interesting. Uh, Did... Did the wife ever get in trouble? Was she brought up? Or well,
1: uh, oddly enough, they, they had closed down the general accounting office, and she later became a member of the board of commissioners. Okay. And uh, she was actually in a position to vote with regards to whether or not we went forward with the investigation, along with uh, another individual who is a retired member of the sheriff's department. And another member whose brother was a member of the sheriff's department as well.
0: Okay, so did they have, was it a majority vote type of situation and they just got outvoted?
1: Uh, I believe that the vote to perform the audit eventually passed 5-4.
0: Oh, wow. (laughs) They almost squeaked away with this thing.
1: (laughs) You know, and there, there was actually numerous votes that had occurred with regards to having the audit conducted, whether or not there is a conflict of interest for the two individuals, the um, wife of the member of the sheriff's department and the the, uh, individual who had retired out of the sheriff's department, if by voting on whether or not to go forward with the audit if that was a conflict of interest.
0: What advice can you give to other county departments to avoid tax dollar misuse or just general financial statement manipulation?
1: What I would recommend, especially when dealing with millage funds, is that an independent person sit down and scrutinize all the expenses that are applied against the millage funds in order to verify that they truly do um, correlate well to the intended purpose of the millage and that there is a documented and rational reason for allocating indirect expenses, um, especially between multiple divisions, multiple funds, things like that.
0: Can you think of any policies or conflict of interest policies that would apply in an instance like this that a county could implement?
1: We recommend that the county sit down, evaluate their existing conflict of interest policies, also consult with their attorneys. In in this specific case, my client faced a bit of a challenge because they were in a fairly rural community, and it was very common for um, individuals to be related. That was very much the norm. However, when it comes to this type of situation, It can potentially raise eyebrows in certain circumstances. So we really recommend that additional um, steps be put in place in order to minimize uh, the opportunity for the appearance of conflict of interest.
0: What are some best practices counties can apply to reduce these gaps in documentation? What I would really recommend in this
1: specific circumstance and in similar circumstances is to sit down and look at the underlying drivers for the for the re- costs that we're discussing. For example, if we're discussing vehicles, let's take a step back and look at the number of vehicles that are associated with each department and and use that as the basis for allocation. Maybe in other circumstances, the um, relevant cost driver is number of full-time equivalent employees. Uh, Maybe in another example, the relevant cost driver is square footage of office space. So I'd really recommend... Taking a step back, looking at those cost drivers, using those as the basis for determining the allocation percentages. And then also reviewing those allocation percentages for accuracy, you know, every year, every three years, every five years, so that they're still relevant.
0: Was anybody punished?
1: To my knowledge, no one was directly punished as a result of our investigation. We are aware that the next time that the millage came up for renewal, that it uh, lost. 57% of the residents voted against renewing the millage. We are also aware that there have been subsequent investigations with regards to some practices at the animal control facility.
0: Okay, thank you so much. Oh,
1: no problem. Thank you.
0: Thanks for tuning in to this edition of Fraud Talk. To hear more of our podcasts, visit acfe.com podcast. This has been Emily Primo signing off.